Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. We want to say that God is so good. Let's shall we share with a prayer. Father God, we bless your name and we worship you. We pray, oh God, that you speak to us. May you give us your logos, your river. May, we, may you give us your word. May none of us live the same. May we be can-do people. May we be people who would do great things for you. May we be people who would uh, lay hold of the blessings of God. Father God, we pray that we will take territories for you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, we bless you and we worship you. Speak to us. May none of us leave the same. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So God has been blessing us with the can-do man or can-do woman or can-do person. I can do all things, all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. So I want to encourage us to stay tuned. I always say it because not everyone will stay tuned. Some will just start and miss and leave before the blessing comes their way. Sometimes it's a word. There are many who are watching who are praying for God to do something in their lives. There are many people who are praying, God, open doors for me. God, do this for me. And God has answered you through this word, and then you just switch off. So I'm encouraging you to stay tuned and listen to uh, 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 throughout this message, the entirety of the message, and you will be blessed. Hallelujah. So we've been talking, God has been speaking to us about really powerful things that can do person. And we take this from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So I can do all things. I can do all things. Who can somebody say, I can do all things? I can, I can, I can do, I can all, do things. all things. That's right. Through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. Through Christ Jesus, strengthens me. I can do it. That's right. And then the end is, so King James says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And then NESV, let's read NESV and see what it says. NESV says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or gives me strength. Hallelujah. So we're talking about the can-do person. Can we go to NASB, please? We're talking about the can-do man or the can-do woman. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. So God is speaking to you and I about the can-do man, the can-do woman, the can-do person. So we talk about the fact that a can-do person is an achiever. It's a person of faith. It's, it's a person who is motivated by what the Bible says. A can-do person does not say we might not be able to. Maybe we could. Perhaps, peradventure, we could. No. A can-do person says, I can do. So you and I must have that attitude of, it doesn't matter what comes my way. It doesn't matter what happens. I can. Yes, I can do that business. Yes, I can get that job. Yes, I can succeed in that thing. Yes, I can be a good father. Yes, I can be a good spouse. Yes, I can be a successful person. Yes, most of all, I can be a good Christian. Yes, I can stop that problem. Yes, I can stop that sin. Or yes, I can stop that, uh, 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 change that character to, to have a godly character. Yes, I can work in love. Yes, I can forgive. I can do all things through Christ Jesus 
which strengthens me and who strengthens me is because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength that I am strengthened because I know that the fact that I can do all things through Jesus Christ, that gives me strength, which strengthens me. So we got to talk about three reasons why we must become do people. The first reason why you and I should become do people is because in order to be able to believe the word of God, when God says that you are the head and not the tail, you are the lender and not the borrower, to believe it, you must become a new person. So that you start to think like someone who will indeed be the lender and not the borrower. You start to think of as if you are someone who would rent houses, who would own things, own buildings, own apartments, own houses. I can. So I'm, I believe what God says. God says that the earth is a lot and the fullness thereof. The cattle of a thousand hills is for God. The silver and gold are mine, says God. So because I believe it, that is the portion. The Bible says that God has reserved the, the treasures of the, or, or, or the riches of the uh, uh, wicked for the righteous. I believe it. I believe that Jesus Christ was rich, but he became poor so that through his poverty, I will be rich. I believe it. I believe the word of God. I believe what God is, is telling me to do. Number two, in order to obey what God tells us to do, God tells you, open a business. God tells you, start a ministry. God, God, when I say start a ministry, I mean start a ministry under the church. God tells me, start crusades. God tells you, win the loss. God tells you, prophesy. I can do it. I believe what God is telling me to do. I will do it. Hallelujah to Jesus. Number three, in order that we can do the works of God in our time. God has great works for us. Ephesians 2.10 says that, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus' good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. When you read it in NLT, the Bible says, we are God's masterpiece, an exquisite work of art. A masterpiece is, is the best that you can have. A masterpiece is the best. So we are God's masterpiece. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. Then we began to talk about four enemies of the Kandu man or woman. Four enemies of the Kandu person. Now, sometimes when the Bible talks about the hidden man of the heart, he's not referring to men, males, and the females, uh, it doesn't hold. So when the Bible says man, the Kandu man, or the hidden man of the heart, it's similar to saying mankind. I mean, the Christian man or woman. Hallelujah. So anytime you see man and it fits, say it also includes me. Oh, glory to God. Four names of the can-do man. People who fight against the can-do man don't succeed. By the way, what are the four enemies of the can-do man? Number one, memory. When you remember against God, you remember against what God is doing. You will not be a can-do person because God will be angry with you. If you remember and say, what is my life? It was better in the world. Maybe I should go back to the world because maybe the world, things are better in the world. Maybe when I was in the world, I wasn't going through struggles. I had money. I had things that I could use. I, I had provision. I, I, I had a sugar daddy who provided for me. Or I had, I, I cut corners and I had a lot of money. So because of that, look at what I'm doing, experiencing in, in church. What is the point? Maybe it's better I was in the world. Don't offend God like that. Because memory, it's not good. The Bible says that the children of Israel said to themselves, ah, let us go back to Egypt. Let us go back to Egypt. 
Why are we suffering here? There is no meat. It's only manna we are getting. Let us go back to, to Egypt. At least there's garlic, there are leeks, there are all these things there, onions that we can eat. And God was very angry with them. Number two, an excuse maker. We talked about this last week that excuses sometimes do an evaluation, a self-assessment of yourself, and you realize that excuses are a tool the devil uses to put us down and we can never move past our excuses. It's better to be someone who errs in the, in the way of making, uh, not making excuses at all than to make excuses. Because anytime you and I make excuses, it means that we are trying to say that there is no need for me to change. I'm justifying what happened. I have a reason for what happened. I have a reason for failing. I have a reason for failing my exam. I have a reason for failing the, the, the job or for being kicked, uh, uh, fired from work. I have a, 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 an excuse for my ministry failing or I have a ministry for uh, the, the, 10, the 10 sheep that were given to me. There are now two people left. I have a reason for that. There's a good reason because the people don't respect me. The people are not, are not taking me seriously. Then you stay at that position and you will never be taken seriously. You stay at that position and nothing will benefit you. Rather, you should say to yourself that, yes, it is me. I'm the leader. It is my fault. I need to change something about me. Maybe if I'm more anointed or I pray more, they will listen to me more. I need to be more anointed. We can also say, well, is there anything I could have done? Or are there people in my position who, in spite of the difficulty, they were able to pass their exams? If that's the case, then I cannot make an excuse. I'll say to myself that I would be better and I can do. But anytime we make excuses for failure, then we are keeping ourselves under the thing we can do better. Or anytime we make excuses for failure, we are prevent preventing ourselves from moving to the next level. Hallelujah. So excuse making is not good. And then Proverbs 26, 13, that's why the Bible talks about someone who, imagine, isn't that an excuse? You say that there is a lion on the road. Let's read Proverbs 26, 13. There's a lion, so that's a good reason why I shouldn't go out and work. Proverbs 26, 13 says, the slothful or lazy man seeth there is a lion in the way. A lion is in the street. So because of that, let me, let, me, let me stay home. Let me rest. Because there's a lion out there and it's a good reason for me to stay. It's a good reason for me not to do anything. Excuses will prevent you and I from, from getting to the place God wants us to get to. Making excuses will prevent us from achieving the highest levels in Christ. Anytime we make excuses. So from now on, realize that excuse-making, memory, are enemies of the can-do person. Anytime you make an excuse, you are capping yourself. Anytime you murmur, you are capping yourself because God is going to be angry with you. Memory brings God's anger. Number three will be found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. The third enemy of the can-do person is fear. Because a can-do person is a person of faith. So if you and I are fearful, then we are operating in negative faith. 
If you and I are fearful, then we are operating in having confidence that the devil would punish us or the devil would get us or the devil will spoil something about uh, concerning us. Fear is, uh, uh, you know, discouragement or, or, or hopelessness about the unknown. Fear is, I'm afraid or, 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 or I, I, I'm worried about what will happen in the future. Or I believe that something bad is going to happen in the future. Or something bad is going to happen. So we are believing in the negative thing because God, there's nothing bad in heaven. God has nothing to do with bad, only good. So anytime we are afraid of something bad happening or we expect something bad to happen, then we are fearful and we are therefore operating negatively and therefore can do is voided. Because most of the time, fear is going to try to prevent you and I from doing. Fear is going to say, don't do it, it's going to fail. Don't do it, don't do that business, it's going to fail. Don't operate in that level, it's going to fail. Don't call for testimonies because no one will be healed. The first man did it, he said, I was afraid to call for testimonies. This was in Brooklyn Park, the first one we did, I was afraid. And when I said, is anybody healed? Silence, silence. Is anybody who come for it? Silence. This was in 2008 or so. And then some guy came. But when he, he told me his condition, at least at that time, I thought, nah, I don't know. This is just someone who is just making things, uh, uh, reducing my embarrassment. But whatever he had to say, I don't know. But so, and then I, I remember Apostle Joel said, Ask for testimonies. He encouraged me to ask for testimonies. So you realize that the next time I was having the crusade, which was in Minneapolis, I was also afraid to ask for testimonies or call out for testimonies, but I still called out for testimonies. And then miracles, hepatitis B was healed. The person went to do the test and the, the, the uh, what's it called? The count or whatever reduced to almost nothing. And miracles, so many different miracles. So those miracles would have been prevented. Those healing miracles, all the way till now, where people's eyes are open, where people's ears are open, paralyzed, uh, uh, stroke patients, all these things would not have been realized because of fear. Fear would have prevented me from seeing stroke patients. I remember my uncle telling me sometime, these healing miracle workers, they say they are miracle workers. I am a physician, let me, in fact, I would invite them to the, the stroke ward. Come and heal them. Come, we invite you, come and heal them. You say you're a miracle worker. Come to the stroke ward where they are stroke patients. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, but of course, it is God who is healing, not man. But what I'm saying is that fear can rob you and I of our destiny. It was fear that was going to rob our prophet Bishop Dr. Mills from seeing the dead race in his crusade. Because he said that I'm not going. In fact, this, 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 this crusade, because pastors are being killed, they are not going. And look at what God did. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So it means that God has not given you and I the spirit of fear. Fear puts us in a cage, literally. And sometimes it's even a feeling 
but it is a spirit that is bringing the feeling to trap you and, and snare you and I and to keep us bound so that we cannot move forward. That's why the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Anytime there is fear, power to proceed is removed. Anytime there, there is fear, power to act, power to prevail, power to prosper, power to do what you need to do is taken away. And a can-do person is a do, a doer, a doing person. So if a can-do person is a doing person and there is fear to do, then fear is, a, is as an enemy of a can-do person. Also, fear is an evil spirit. Anytime you and I are acting on fear, we are acting or we are, we are actually being led by an evil spirit. Now, you and I have no control over what flies over our heads. If the birds are flying over our, on top of our heads, we have no control. The only thing we can do is to move. But we don't have control over what flies over our heads. But we have control over what builds a mess in our head. Meaning, you and I don't have control over what thoughts come to our minds. That's why Jesus was tempted. That's why God was tempted, because the devil tempted him in his, him in his mind. And in, at all points, he, 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 he succeeded no sin. Tempted in all ways, but no sin. He was even tempted to fear in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's why he said, Lord, if it is possible, let this cup pass. But nevertheless, not my I will, not as I will, but as I will. This was the only time in eternity that God the Father and God the Son, we could tell that there was an individual will. The Son's will was, let this cup pass. The Father's will was, no, it will not pass. But throughout eternity, this was only once in eternity, once in perpetuity, once in boundless time, that there was ever a time that their wheels were separate. Hallelujah. So he was tempted to fear. So you and I, if thoughts of fear come, that is not per se the problem. The problem is acting on the fear. Something comes your way and you are afraid. Are you going to do it? Are you going to act? There was a time I thought my life would be lost. I was going for a crusade. I actually thought it would be over, but I said to myself, I can't see how I'll be able to be comfortable, especially when God is not telling me not to go. I'll be comfortable relaxing and seeing that I am pleasing God and I'm, I, I did everything I can do for God. I, I couldn't. And then I'll pass up right here. I'll tell the story. Now, some people were shot. In fact, we went to, to, to uh, uh, one of the, 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 the countries, a certain country. And when we went there, we had a crusade, there, a very powerful crusade, so many miracles, so many salvations. Just about almost everybody who was at the crusade was saved, at least the first or second day. Now, before we were having the next crusade, the pastor's son was shot. And then we heard about some other pastor's children being shot and there's threats. So I said to myself, how am I going to go to this thing? But I said, I'll go. And then I had a pastor's meeting. And then Pastor Fred mentioned, he, he was reading a newspaper article or some article about a pastor who was, was he giving, who was being buried the day we were having the, 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 the pastor's meeting, who was shot also by gangsters. 
and I'm saying, hey, am I going? Then I speak to a, 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 a certain a, a, a pastor, telling him about it, and the pastor says, oh, so, or overseer, are you going to cancel it? And I say, how am I going to cancel? How, how am I going to cancel it? I didn't hear from God that I was to cancel it, that to go. But I was afraid. But I didn't act on the fear. I still proceeded. And there were wild things that happened at that crusade. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is that there are times, actually, it was that crusade that has actually led to a crusade in the stadium. So what am I saying? I'm saying that if I have succumbed to the fear, or prophet has succumbed to the fear, he will not have seen the dead race, and whatever God did over there will not have happened. Also, in your life and in my life, there are times that when we fear, we will be prevented from doing the things that we need to do. Maybe God, because God told Joshua, Joshua, go to the promised land. I have given it to you. The way I was with Moses, the same way I am with you. Go, go, go and possess the land. But Joshua must have been afraid. That's why God said, be courageous. A can-do person is someone who is courageous. I remember a, a, a prophet told me that courage is in the midst of fear, still being bold and doing what you need to do in the midst of fear. Because I was afraid about a certain decision, and he told me that. And that's very true. Nobody can be faulted for a fear, a thought of fear coming. But what are you going to do with it? The Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, power to move, power to proceed, power to act, power to prosper, and of love. Now, the Bible says that fear, we'll read it later, but in, 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 in First John, the Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment. And anyone who is, is tormented is not made perfect in love. So, because fear torments, but perfect love, knowing the love of God, knowing how much God loves you and I, casts out fear. When we know how much God loves us, we know how good he is and how he pities us with compassion and unfailing love, tender mercies, and who is quick to forget the things we've done wrong. Who, who is quick to forgive the sins, iniquities, and transgressions? Who, 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 who does not deal with us according to our sins? Who does not deal with us? Or is not harsh with us based on what we've done? When, when, we, when we see that such a God and we understand his attributes, and we understand his ways, when, when we understand his presence, fear will dissipate and disappear. When we understand God's love. So love, fear casts out, uh, love casts out fear. So God is saying that the spirit of fear has not been given to us, but power, love. And also, anytime there is love, there is no fear. There is no fear in love. You cannot have fear and love together. It doesn't go together. That's why God always told people, fear not. Fear not. But it doesn't mean you're not be tempted to fear. You and I will be tempted to fear. But we are talking about fear overcoming you so that you will not proceed into victory, to glory. 
I'm talking about fear. You and I will not allow fear to overcome us and fear to rule us and fear to direct us and that demon of fear to direct us into the place of failure. But you and I are going to rather, in spite of fear, do what God has told us to do and move into victory. I don't know that I'm preaching to somebody. And sound mind, fear torments. Fear torments. What I'm going to remember that fear, fear does not give peace. Fear and peace are opposite. So fear will torment the mind. Fear will trouble the mind. Fear will give restlessness. Fear will give torment. But the Bible says that God has given us the spirit of power, love, and peace, self-control, sound mind. God has not given us the spirit of timidity to fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Sound judgment. That's what God has given to us. Hallelujah to Jesus. So fear should not hold in our lives. That's why Job said, the thing I have greatly feared has come upon me. What I have greatly feared has come upon me. He feared that his children would die and he would lose his business. So he sacrificed regularly, daily, shooting case they have sinned against God. Very righteous, skewed evil, very, very righteous man, very, very holy man. God bragged on him, but he had fears. And those fears, the, what did he say? The thing I have greatly fear has come up, come up on me. Because fear usually is a, is a demon that is able to, like a snake or, 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 or a mouse or, or, or a lizard, is able to wiggle through small holes small spaces, enter and open the door for the bigger demons to come. That's fear. Lizard can penetrate through very, very small openings. Mice, if you have a small opening, a mouse can easily come in. Snake, small holes, they are able to maneuver. Why is that a serpent? So what am I saying? Fear is able to wiggle through to enter into our, our, our circumstances, open the door for failure, open the door for defeat, open the door for trouble to come. The thing of greatly fear has come up. That's why God is telling us in 2 Timothy 1 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, not a power loving of the sound mind. 1 John 4 8, I don't know, I'm preaching to somebody. 1 John 4 18. I don't know, I'm helping you know, but I'm preaching a happy year. First John 4 8. He doesn't love that. Okay, let's start from no first John 4 18. Sorry, I'll start from 15. If I let me start from 14. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to this to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we know. And, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. Before I continue, very important. When you and I meet God, we will either 
have lack of boldness or boldness. We will be bold if we walk in love like Jesus walked in love. Anyone who did not walk in love, when they die, they will not be bold. It doesn't mean they, yeah, at least according to the Bible, I don't know how to what the Bible is saying. They, they will not be bold. But the Bible says that you and I, if we walk the way we walk in love, we will have boldness in the day of judgment. Now verse 18 is what we are looking for. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. There is no fear in love. It's not possible, because God is love, and God has nothing to do with fear. God is love. Fear is devil, or the devil, or of the devil. Anytime an angel came and people were afraid because of how bright they were, the angel said, fear not. When Jesus was walking in the water in the dark, in darkness, as he was entering, coming towards the, the apostles, they were afraid and began to cry out in fear. But from far off, Jesus said, fear not. And they heard his voice in the boat. Fear not. Anytime there is fear, it's the devil that is present. So the Bible is saying there is no fear in love. When you and I know God's love, we will not fear. When you and I know God's love, it's unfailing love. When you and I, I want to encourage you to read Psalm 103 up to verse 12. But uh, uh, of course, later on at home. But when you know about God's love, his unfailing love, his pity or compassion, his mercy, his loving kindness, his tender mercies, and the fact that he is quick to forgive our sins, transgressions, iniquities, but the guilty, he will not clear. Now, now we can talk about it later on. What are the differences? And also, he is not quick to have a grudge against us. He does not continually have a grudge against us. He does not continually uh, accuse us or complain against us. And he does not deal with us according to our ways and our sins. When we see such a God, fear will dissipate and disappear. Hallelujah. I'm sure another time. Glory. There is no fear in love, but perfect love or God's love casts out fear. When you know God's love, it will cast out fear. I said, when you know the love of God, fear will dissipate. When, when you and I are confident about God's love, it will, it will dissipate and disappear. You can hold on here. Let me uh, let you see Ephesians 3 from 16 to 20. And I'll just read the certain portion. The Bible says that that we may be strengthened. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth are his name, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That the love of Christ, okay, very good. Let's go to verse 16. Uh, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in you richly by faith, that ye being rooted 
and grounded in love may be able to comprehend glory with all glory to God. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth all understanding. The love of Christ which passeth all understanding and knowledge that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. When we know about the love of Christ, fear will vanish. Fear will vanish. Perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. Fear will torment. I said fear will torment. Fear will torment. And when you are tormented, how can you do? How can someone who is being tormented do? How can someone who is always discouraged do? But you and I, when we feel discouraged, let's do what David did. The Bible says that David went to war and fought. He took his men to fight. When he fought and they returned, they realized that the enemy had taken their wives and children. And David was sad. His men were sad. And yet they started to accuse him and complain against him. So he's sad. They are sad. Now they gunned up against him, so he's double sad. And the Bible says that there was none of them to encourage him, so David encouraged himself in the Lord. You and I, we need to be able to encourage ourselves in the Lord and say that God, what God is with me, I'm born again, I'm saved. And because Amen. God loves me, and God loves me, Jesus loves me, the Holy Spirit loves me, God loves me, there's nothing to fear. Amen. Everything is going to be okay. Amen. Fear atonement. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Not. So the key to overcoming fear is to know the love of God. The key to overcoming fear is to know his ways and his presence. I'll just say this. I don't want to start it out. Otherwise, we'll go on. But this, this was very powerful. This was my quiet time today. But I don't want to start. But when God, when Moses told God, show me your way, now I'll know you. God said, I'll show you my way. I'll let my goodness pass before you. And then the Bible says that God said that you put him on the cliff, uh, the, the hill or whatever, cover, uh, put, let his hand cover Moses so that Moses will not see his face or he will die. But you see God's back. And then the next day, God told him, you know, the people to sanctify themselves. God said, no one should touch the, the mountain, all that stuff. Then God appeared. This is Exodus chapter 13. No time to go into it. And then when God appeared, then God proclaimed his ways to God. God's presence came. And when God's presence came, you would think that there will be thunder, lightning, brightness, uh, 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 Moses will see the galaxies, the universe. I mean, the presence. There should be power, there should be smoke, there should be fire. But the Bible says when God proclaimed himself, when God showed his presence, what was his presence? He proclaimed the name of the Lord. Yahweh. Then, Yahweh Elohim, or the Lord God. Then, God who is gracious, full of compassion, Tender mercies, loving kindness, who forgives sins and iniquities and transgressions, and who will by no means, 
And we forgive sins, uh, 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 transgressions, and iniquities for thousands of generations, and will by no means declare the guilty who visits the iniquities of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. If that was his proclamation of who he is, meaning that an attribute of him, and he cannot deny it. The fact that he is full of loving kindness, unfailing love, that should be enough. It should be enough that his love is so big, and then of course you tie that to someone who's big. It, it, it's so big that he he he, he us so much, and Jesus explained it that he's even numbered the heads of our head. Anytime you shave, he numbers it again. All the people who, who have hair, all the different places you have hair, as soon as you shave, he numbers it. Of course, he's talking about the head of our head, hair of our head. So let's focus there. He counts it every time. Every time he goes to the barber, he's counted it. He counts the very hair. He, he knows every detail about us, every atom molecule. He knows everything about us because he loves us watchfully. And if that is the case, why would he allow something to happen to us? He loves us so much that he was not willing to spare his son. And that's in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. He that spared not, spared not his own son. He that spared not his own son. He that, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son. Verse 32. But delivered him up for us all. How shall we, he not with him, also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? The one he loves. The ones he loves. It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemned? It is Christ that died. Yea. Or, yea, Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God. Who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? And what? Shall tribulation? Or distress? Or persecution? Or famine? Or nakedness? Or peril? Or sorts? So don't be afraid of these things. Don't be afraid of persecution. Don't be afraid of distress. Don't be afraid of nakedness or, or hunger or want. Don't be afraid of, of peril. Don't be afraid of violence. Don't be afraid of all these things because these things will never separate us from God's love. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. Meaning that for Christ's sake we are killed, we are, we are suffering this, the, the reproach of Christ. We are suffering for Christ all the day long to the point that we are even as, accounted like sheep for the slaughter. Nay. I said what? Nay. Because of Christ's love, nay. Who glory to God? I said in front of Christ, because of Christ's love, nay. Nay. In all these things we are more than conquerors. Who glory through him that loved us? Look at the beautiful verses in verse 38 and 39. For I am persuaded, I am, I am confident, I am sure, I am persuaded that neither death, oh, what a beautiful God we serve, that he's provided for us so much that even in death, we can be assured of his love. In death, we can be assured and be quickly translated to the third heavens about the universe. Because of his love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. And these principalities and powers are in Ephesians 6 for what we are fighting, wrestling against. So he's saying that 
No, not life, not death, not anything we are wrestling against. Nothing present, nothing to come. No matter how high it is up to the end of the universe, the tip of the universe, or as low as the end of the universe, even though it's expanding. So that's another story for another time. No height, no depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. By that end there, the key is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So God's love is perfected in the people who are in Christ Jesus. If you are not in Christ Jesus, this verse has nothing to do with you. Nothing. Why do I say it? Because God said it. It's my Bible. We just read it. Which is in Christ Jesus? Hallelujah to Jesus. So, how do you deal with fear? You know his love. When you know his love, you think it's faith. Yes, faith is also part of it. But we are reading the Bible. And we have verses to show that it is this love that casts out fear. Even though faith is there, and faith holds love according to the Bible, God's way. That's how it casts out fear. Glory to God. Let me give you another verse. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Am I preaching to somebody? Good. You are preaching good. Hebrews chapter 2. I'll start from verse 13. Let me start from 12, verse 14 Say, I will declare thy name unto my brothers, brethren, in the midst of the church, will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God have given me. Verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. This is very important. Now, what is God saying? God is saying that. The ones Jesus Christ came to deliver, who glory to God, hallelujah. The, 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 the ones Jesus Christ came to deliver, those people were flesh and blood, like you and I. So, in order for Jesus Christ to deliver us, he also needed to become flesh and blood. That's what this verse is saying, verse 14. So that through his flesh, he would destroy the one who had power. Of death. That is the death. Because when Adam saw that the devil, the devil had power of death. That's why in Romans 5, the Bible says, death rules. Let's go to Romans 5, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10. Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned, death reigned. By one, so because of Adam's sin, death reigned, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So Jesus had to become a man to deliver man so that he would destroy the devil who had the power of death and deliver you and I 
who through fear of death, everyone fears death, when all their lives were in bondage. Anyone who's afraid is in bondage, like I said earlier. And anyone who fears death is in bondage. But now, Christ has delivered everyone who is saved by becoming a man, dying, and then taking the keys of death and hell from the devil, spoiling principalities and powers, making an open show over them, stripping the money power from around us, and then rising to them. So because of that, he has taken the keys of death and hell, destroyed the one who has the power of death, which is the devil, and then delivered you and I, who were in all our lifetime. So when the saint is dying, yes, there's an unknown, and you know we are doing glory. But there are some who, like Kala Tintaka, I was so intrigued by her story. She was a prostitute, murderer. She, she was a drug addict, very well. And she was put on death row. And she was truly converted. Truly converted. True, true conversion, not the joke, the conversion out there, true conversion. And because of her true conversion, everyone wanted her released. Even some of the, 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 the CNN people and some, I mean, all these different talk show people, Everyone, even some of the governors, even some of the governors and the different people, many people wanted, wanted her out and to be happy. But she still went to death row. As she was walking, as she was walking to be executed, this too, she was upbeat. She was excited as if she was about to be walked down the aisle. Oh, glory to God. She was going to be executed. And she was happy, she was excited, and the people who were executing her, who were tying her, were tying her. And she, and, 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 and she was excited, and oh, I'm so excited, I'm about to lose my God. There's no more about that. Because the fear of death, that bondage was taken away. So it will only be, of course, people who have loved ones out there, or children or family or whatever, they will be, of course, Grieving because they will be missing them and they are not going to be able to do Who glory to God because Jesus has delivered us from you. But fear can rob people of the community. So from now on, don't fear. Who has said from now on, don't fear? Who? The Lord is the strength of my life. Who shall I be? The Lord is my the, the strength of my life. But of whom shall I be Even if people war against me, because it's a song, that's what I'm saying. Right? Even though war may rise against me, I will be confident in this that God is my ministry. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. I said, glory to God, hallelujah, glory to Amen, 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 amen. Yeah, as we lost it. Yes, you will be tempted to fear. But fear will no longer control your life. Fear will no longer, will no longer prevent us from fulfilling our greatness or fulfilling God's destiny or God's plans for our lives. No more. Condition of potential. No more. Oh, glory. Glory to who? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
number four. And then next we go to start from the seven steps. Seven steps. What's the point of knowing about the power of the Kandu person and enemies of the Kandu person when you go to the meeting and finish the study? How are you going to the Kandu person? We have seven steps. Hallelujah. Now, the next we found in James chapter 1, verse 6. Now, a Kandu person is someone who creates a fixed territories, achieves great things through prayer. The people who do know their God, I said, the people who do know their God shall display strength, shall display strength and do exploits, shall work strong and do exploits, shall display strength and take action. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Verse 6 to 8. I'll start from verse 2. Okay, let's start from. Yeah, this I'll start from verse 2. My brethren, count it by six weeks. I'm looking for that's always nice to see what before. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. This word temptations is not just temptation to sin, by struggles. Temptations, includes temptations to sin, difficulties. But sometimes a trial of the, the trial of the faith, trials, difficulties, affliction. My brethren, count for joy when you fall into diverse, different kinds of temptations, knowing this that the trial of your faith worketh patience. Glory to God. I see patience coming to your mind. But let patience have a perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire. Wanting nothing. When, when patience is perfected, when patience is complete, you and I will be entire, mature Christians lacking nothing because we will have all the good things to enjoy. We will have good things, good things, good things. That's right. If any, who glory to God, somebody say any. May somebody say any. If any, we can unmute and say any. If any, any, any. any. Now, someone say, since it is any, that includes me. That includes me too. That includes me. That includes me too. You can mute now. If any lack wisdom, let him, which also means head, like we said before, ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. It means if there's any who lack wisdom, ask God, knowing that he gives generously and he will not withhold or rebuke for asking. Or he will never hold back, but he will give generously. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So God is saying that ask, but as you are asking, remember to ask in faith without wavering, without doubting. For he that wavered or doubted is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything. Because God doesn't like that. 
How can they can do person doubt? How can they can do person doubt the, the, the word of God? How can they can do person receive from God when God says that you don't even expect anything from you? The fourth is doubt. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So what are we talking about? Doubt. So God is saying that I'll give you what you ask for when you ask for wisdom. But remember, as you are asking, remember that I will give you freely, generously wisdom, and I will not withhold back. I will not hold back. I will not withhold. I will not rebuke you for asking. But remember to ask in faith without doubting. Because the one who doubts behaves like someone who is tossed by the wave of the sea and driven by the winds and tossed. And remember that such a person who doubts should not expect to receive anything of the Lord. Now, doubt in which way? What does it mean to doubt? What is the doubt he's talking about? Go to Mark 11, 22-24. I'll just explain this critical part. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. And Jesus answered said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. So, the person who says to a mountain, God, Jesus said, have faith in God. Now the person who says to a mountain, be removed to yonder place, be removed and cast into the sea, and the person does not doubt in their heart, but believe that what they say will happen will come to pass. That person will have whatever they say. But the key here is, and shall not doubt in his heart. So God is saying, if you speak to a mountain, you confess in faith, and you don't doubt, you get what you are looking for. Then he goes on further in James, that we just read, chapter 1, verse 7, that anyone who doubts should not expect anything from God. Now, what are we talking about? It's here, right there. You got it. You got it right there. Doubt in the heart, not the mind. There's a difference between doubting in the mind and doubting in the heart. Because doubting in the heart is a problem. Because faith is of the heart, not the mind. Hope is a mind thing. Hope. We study the scriptures to get hope. Hope is future. Hope is the mind thing. We understand and get hope. Faith is of the heart. So that's why faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith takes hope from the mind. In fact, hope from the mind moving to the heart is faith. That's why we need to meditate upon the word day and night so that it moves from the mind to the heart and the faith is generated. We've got a victory. I'm sure I keep saying it, but it's our church. We'll talk about faith, talk about these things another time. Hallelujah. So the key is the heart. Faith is of the heart. Faith from the heart. Do not doubt in the heart. Now, there's a difference between doubting in the mind and doubting in the heart. I'll give an example. Jesus and Jesus always took Peter, James, John. It's always good to be a Peter or James or a John. I like the John. Only because he lived long and he was pretty close to Jesus. He was intimate with the Lord. Hallelujah. Peter was a, an action person. I like that aspect of him, but 
I'll choose J, uh, John. Hallelujah. But every time, most of the time, Jesus went with Peter, James, John. Most of the places, always Peter, James, John. Garden of Gethsemane, forward, Peter, James, John. Jairus' daughter's house, Peter, James, John. The Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, John. When they left the Mount of Transfiguration, they were coming. They had shouting, commotion, screaming, talking, a lot of act activity. So Jesus was asking, what's going on? Then a man came and said, his son was, uh, from, from since he was a child, he, he, he had a death uh, and dumb spirit. And the, the, the devil, the demon would throw him into water or fire or whatever and would try to kill him. And he asked the apostles to pray and cast the devil out and they could not. Then Jesus said, oh, you faithless generation, how long will I bear with you? How long will I suffer you? How, how long will I bear with your unbelief? Bring the boy to me. So he brought the boy to Jesus. And then Jesus said, how long has he been in this? And the father answered, since he was a child. Then Jesus said, do you believe? The man said, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Ooh, wow. How can someone say, I believe, and yet I am unbelieving? I believe. Help down my unbelief. And Jesus healed the boy. It means my mind is telling me that it's not going to work. My mind is giving me doubt, but my heart is telling me it's going to work. So far as your heart is in faith, you are good. So far as your heart is not, your heart is not doubting, you are good. If your mind is doubting, what does it mean? It means the devil is bringing doubtful thoughts in your mind. Like I said, you can't control if the birds are flying over your head, but you can control them building a nest in your, on, on your head. You can't control any doubtful thoughts, but you can rebuke those thoughts, and you can make sure that they don't come or remain in your life. Hallelujah to Jesus. So the man said, I believe. I believe. My heart tells me that your word is true, and I believe, Lord Jesus, that you can do it. And my mind is telling me that the apostles failed, and I don't know whether it's going to happen. That's what my mind is telling me, but I'm rebuking my mind. I don't agree with my mind, so help me. I believe, but help me in that unbelief. So you and I must realize that doubt is evil. If a doubtful thought comes to your mind, you and I must rebuke that thought and renegate it immediately so that it doesn't form a, a, a nest. Words that are, or thoughts that are in the mind that have not been acted upon, or thoughts that are in the mind that have not been spoken out, usually will die on board meaning that we die without fruit or would, would, would just be thoughts and then they will vanish because we are not allowing the thoughts to foster in our minds. We are not nursing the thoughts. We are not making the thoughts comfortable. Have I said something to somebody? We are not making the thoughts comfortable. Anytime you and I have thoughts and we nurse the thoughts, we ponder upon the thoughts and they are negative thoughts. We will eventually speak them out because those thoughts, out of the abundance of their hearts, they not speak it. What is in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. And if those thoughts, you speak them out, if those thoughts, you act upon them, they, they, then they bear fruit to defeat. But if you reject the thought of doubt, if you rebuke the thought of doubt, and you stand your ground, then those thoughts of doubt will die on bomb or without fruit. Hallelujah to Jesus. I said, hallelujah to Jesus. So ladies and gentlemen, doubt is evil. 
Doubt is evil. Doubt is evil. Doubt is evil. <clears throat> now, you want to check this out? Now, let me, let, okay, let's, let's go. I just have a few more and then we'll conclude today. Wow, it's already an hour. Doubt is also an evil report. God calls doubt an evil report. A can-do person cannot doubt. Impossible. Doubt and can-do are opposites. I'll give you an example. We've read it already, but I'll read it again. Numbers 13, 27 to 32. And then Numbers 14, 11. Ooh, glory to God. Numbers 13, 27 to 32. And they told him and said, we came unto the land. <clears throat> Whether thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. So they brought fruit from the land and said, yes, you are right. God said that the land will flow with milk and honey, and this is the proof is true. And look at an example of the fruits. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are war and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, the giants. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. Verse 32, and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel. The land through which we have gone is to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that were that we saw in it are men of a great stature. Verse 33. And there was a, and we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sights. So God called this doubt for them an evil report. And then Numbers 14, 11. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will these people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have shown among them? So God is saying, ah, how long will I bear with this? I've shown them all these mighty signs. I've destroyed the Egyptian army because of them. And they are complaining and giving an evil report. What was the evil report? Doubt. Doubt is an evil report. God does not like doubt. God does not like that. And if there's an evil report, when you read the next verse, verse 12, I will smite them, then it goes on with the pestilence. Then God starts to talk about what he will do. And I will disinherit them and will make of them be Moses, a great nation and mightier than they. 
So God said, because of the way they are doubting, I will, I, I will smite them and I will disinherit them. So God does not deal well with doubt. He doesn't like that. I can show you some of the New Testament. I'll show you some of the Old Testament. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 and 39. This New Testament. Now the just shall live by faith. Ooh, hallelujah. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them which draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Let's look at NLT, verse 38 and 39. So what God, God is telling us is that the just shall live by his faith. But if there is any person who draws back or doubts, Hebrews 10, 38, NLT, NLT if, 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 if there's anyone who draws back or who doubts, my soul will have no pleasure in that person. So NLT says, and my righteous ones will, shall live or will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Look at it in uh, uh, another version. Uh, okay, let's look at it. But we are not of those who draw away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Now go to verse 38 and then look for another translation. Now what this verse is saying is that God does not take pleasure in doubters. Does not take pleasure in those who draw away. Does not take pleasure in those who are not working in faith. He does not take pleasure in doubters. He does not. He does not. Hallelujah. What do you think? Very, very important. And uh, uh, another version says, and if he shrinks back, look at uh, uh, Amplified. Now let me get the Amplified. If he shrinks back, if the person shrinks back, my soul shall have no pleasure in the person. So ladies and gentlemen, it is very, very important to not doubt. Let's not doubt. The Amplified says, but the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. And holy favor, born of faith and conjunction with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. Verse 39, the same but our way is not that of those who draw back to eternal misery condition and are utterly destroyed. But we are of those who believe, who cleave to and trust in and rely on God through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and by faith preserve the soul. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Now, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, and then we conclude. 1 John chapter 5. There's so much meat in this. I'll start from verse 13, but it's 14 to, 13, uh, 14 to 15. These things have I written unto you that believe. On the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, 
and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him. Oh, hallelujah. How can someone doubt and have confidence at the same time in something? No. This is the confidence. There's assurance, the confidence, the zero doubt. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired. Doubt does not please God. God called doubt an evil report. What was, what was the doubt? The doubting of God's way. What is the doubt that we are talking about? God told the children of Israel, I am going to give you the promised land. And this promised land is going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. Now I'm going to let you go and possess the land. I am giving you the land. That's what God told them. Then God proved it with miracles. Red Sea opening, leading them with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day, giving them manna in the desert, water in the desert, miracles. Their shoes, as they, they grew, the shoes grew with them. Miracles. They saw his feet. The, 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 God, they saw the God of Israel on the mountain. They didn't see him, but they saw his feet. They just saw the, 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 the shining. They saw all that. And yet, they went to spy the land. And they agreed that what God said about the land was true. But they said, we are not well able. We are doubting. We don't know whether, no, we will not be able to overcome them because we are like grasshoppers hoppers in our sight and in their sight. And we are not able because they are stronger than us. That is a doubtful report and therefore an evil report. It's an evil report because it is going contrary to God's word and you are convincing people that this is the truth. Anything that is contrary to God's word is doubt and it's an evil report. So if God has promised you and I something and we doubt, we doubt God's word, we doubt God's integrity, we doubt what God is telling us to do, we doubt God's promises, God does not have pleasure in us. He does not take pleasure in us. You and I should not doubt God's way. That's why the Bible says, let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. If you are asking, ask in faith, nothing doubting. Nothing doubting. So ladies and gentlemen, these are the four enemies of the can-do man, the can-do woman, the can-do person, the four enemies. What's the first enemy? The enemy of memory. When you remember against God, when you remember against what God is doing, when you remember about your life, when you complain that my Christian life, this church is better, when I was in the world, I was better off. I had more money in the world. I had better things in the world. We look at the children of Israel and we feel that they were too some way. But we are all like that. Because we were saved from Egypt when we were in the world. The world is a type of Egypt. And you and I were saved from Egypt. As we were saved from Egypt, we are now looking back like Lot's wife and saying, oh, the things that were in the world, the money, I had more money in the world than I have in church. I, 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 I was more successful in the world than in church. I was, I was less criticized. I have more genuine friends in the world than in the church. So maybe I better go back to the world. You are remembering, you are complaining, and God doesn't like that. 
Oh, I'm tired of my life. I'm tired. God, take me. I'm tired. What if God obliges? Or God agrees and says, okay, I'll take you. You want, me, you want to go? You want to go? Okay. Come. Number two, excuse makers. The more excuses you and I make, the less rewards and position we will get. Even at work, when, when we are always, when we have people to, who are found to be always making excuses when we are being corrected by our boss, they will put us to the side. They'll just say, oh, this person makes excuses. They don't like feedback. They don't like constructive feedback. Anytime we tell them something they need to do right, then they're always fighting it, rebutting it, always having a reason, always giving excuses. Okay, thank you, edit. We'll still give you the low mark, but nevertheless, let's exclude you. Let's put you to the side. We'll watch you. You will never move forward until you learn. Excuse me, not God. Number three, fear. Fear, fear is an evil spirit. And fear does not give you and I the power to move. Sound mind, love. And number four, doubt. Anytime you doubt God, you will not do what God tells you to do. That's why the people said, let us not go. We are not well able. But Joshua and Caleb, the only ones who were adults who entered the promised land, said, we are well able. We are well able. Let's go and take it at once, at once. Let's not waste time. At once, God will give it to us. Doubt is bad. Hallelujah to Jesus. Shall we say a word of prayer? Father God, we bless your name and worship you. And we thank you for the word. We thank you for the grace to be can do evil. I can do all things. I can do all things. Thank you for that. We can do all things. Thank you for the grace that you're giving to us to be able to boldly say that we can do all things through Jesus Christ, who and which gives us strength. Father God, we pray that you strengthen us, you deliver us from these enemies of the Kandu person. Deliver us from memory and complaining. Oh God. Deliver us from excuse making. Deliver us from fear. Deliver us from doubt. Let us be people who believe your word, who take you for your word, who, who take your word seriously and act on it. In the name of Jesus. Whilst we are praying, if I let's just pray for a, a, a couple of minutes, let's pray that God deliver me from these enemies. Just for a minute or two. Deliver me, O oh God, from these enemies. These enemies are, are troubling me. These enemies are, 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 are I, I can see that I, I, they are affecting me. I'm, I'm allowing these enemies to, to take advantage of me. I, I complain and murmur. I murmur or murmur and I complain a lot. Or you are someone who always has a reason why something didn't work. Excuse me. Or you are someone who is fearful. But the Bible says in Revelation that even the fearful, they have been grouped with abominable people, with all liars, with whoremongers, with sorcerers, and with murderers. The fearful. It doesn't mean if you are afraid. It means if you are someone who lives a life of fear continuously and, have, and you have allowed the devil to take charge of your life. Anytime the devil takes charge of your life, you will fear. I'm not talking about someone who is being tempted to fear regularly. I'm talking about someone who lives a life of fear, who is embalmed in fear. 
or embalmed with fear? Who, who, who has been saturated with fear? Who lives in fear and acts on their fears? Those are the people I'm talking about who God doesn't see anything good happening in their lives. That is according to Revelation chapter 20. And then, doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Father God, thank you for that doubt in your fear. Thank you that fear is removed. Thank you that doubt is removed. Thank you that excuse making is removed. Thank you, oh God, that memory is removed. We bless you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Whilst we are praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know you are not born again. You know. You are not born again. If you are not born again, that power to stop memorying and complaining, that power to stop making excuses, that power to stop fearing, that power to stop doubting, you will never get it. Let's come. If you don't believe it, let's wait and see. It's only God who can give it to you in Jesus Christ. You will never be able to overcome these things without Jesus. If you know you are far from God and you know that you are bound with these things. You, you, these things control your life. Fear controls you. Doubt controls you. But you want to say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, save me. There could be some who are even Christians born again, but they've allowed fear, doubt, memory, uh, uh, excuse making to, 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 to saturate them and to destroy what God is doing for, against them. We can also pray and God will deliver. But if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want Jesus. I want to be born again. Then repeat after me. And we cannot repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Lord Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father God, we pray for those who have surrendered their lives to you. Keep them, preserve them. May Christ Jesus be formed in them. May they be established in Jesus Christ. May every obstacle that will prevent them from giving their lives totally to you, O oh God. May those obstacles be removed. May all standing blocks be removed. And those who are affected by these four enemies, Father God, we pray for the grace of God. We pray for your grace to deliver from fear, from doubt, from memory, and from excuse-making. Deliver us. Deliver us by your power, by your love. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. God bless you all. And those on social media, just before I let you go, I want to say God bless you. Thanks for joining. 
I want to encourage you to listen to this again. Listen to it about two or three more times because this is going to help you. It's going to help you. It's going to be a blessing to you. God bless you. May God favor you. May God honor you. May God establish you. May Christ Jesus be formed in you. May you move higher and higher. May God's protection be your portion. May his hedge of fire and protection be with you and I all the days of our lives. May we live long. May we prosper. May we do well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, Pastor. Hello.